Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nerd Like Me podcast. I'm Corey Allen. I'm here as always with Chris Gladden. What's going on, Chris? How we doing? Good, man. Um, I'm exhausted. Dude, I am so tired from Supercon. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of funny. I'd, it's been so long since I've been to a con, and I think the last time I went, I was like 19. So I guess my younger, my younger self coped with it a lot better because yeah. I just feel beat up. Yeah, I mean, you probably weren't carrying around a bunch of gear all, right. all day. Right, yeah, that, either, that so. didn't help, um, but even just being on my feet, man. Yeah, um, my, just, my knees were killing me at the end of Supergun. Um, I mean, there was so much to see and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we re- we never really kind of, we took a few little breaks, but for the most part, we were going the whole time. Yeah, I can't, like, looking back, I can't believe that we never took breaks. I mean, I can't remember how many times I'd look at my watch and it's six hours later. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, um, which is a good thing. I mean, um, at, for one, I, it's just crazy to me that they pulled that off. Yeah, um, it's, uh, if you guys have been to any of the conventions in Louisville, you'll know that we don't have a good history of nerd conventions or comic book conventions or pop culture conventions. Um, Fandom Fest has always been a failure. Um, it was it was canceled this year. Um, what is the other one? Uh, Derby City Comic Con. Yeah. Um, a disappointment. I don't think that they're probably ever coming back. But uh, Supercon, I mean, I feel like they pulled out all the stops for this, um, even though it was the first time they came here. And, I mean, I got to say, it was a success for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. So I think people might look at Friday and Sunday because they were relatively slow and, yeah. and not be that impressed. But with how busy... Saturday was um, that to me is such a good sign simply because there's since it's the first year there are probably people that said well I'm not going to take Friday off work to go to this right because especially with the bad history we've had here mm-hmm. we don't know what that's going to be like right I've went to these other conventions and they're a giant waste of time um, and, and same thing on Sunday right like maybe you didn't buy a Sunday ticket you just bought a Saturday ticket because right. you were like well if I'm going to go on any day I'm going to go on Saturday yeah um, and that's when everyone came so I think. And everybody can. Oh my god! I, just I know, can't that's, believe that's how many I mean. people were there on Saturday. Um, I mean, I don't know what the numbers were, but uh, it was pretty impressive. I mean, it was packed. It was um, jam back. And, and uh, so I think going forward, that's going to be like such a good thing because now when people think about SuperCon, they're going to think of all those people and, oh, and yeah. be like, "Oh uh, shit! I, I was only there for five hours. I needed. To, I need to be there for two, three days now yeah. to, to see all that to, to experience it all. Let everybody know, like you missed out." Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I think it's going to be a really good, you know, it's a really good sign, I guess, that, you know, Friday, Sunday, yeah, if it was maybe a little on the slower side, I think that's maybe normal, especially given the first year. But Saturday was just 100% every bit what I would expect from a a, a successful convention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we were, on Saturday night, they had a cosplay competition um, that we watched and got some footage of, and... I was just blown away that that the entire this ballroom at a major convention hall, mm-hmm. the entire fucking thing was full. I mean, there had to have been a thousand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and there I mean there were people, including us, standing like on the edges yeah. of, of the hall because you there were no seats left. Yeah, um, and and to see something like that for a cosplay competition is just really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, uh, I mean, some of the costumes were. I mean, a lot. I mean, all the costumes looked really good, but some yeah. of the costumes were pretty insane um and that was even from you know us like halfway down you know i mean we couldn't see super well up there to be able to no. see the details and whatnot but no uh, it's kind of funny i'm actually looking forward to going back 
at, at our footage and being able to zoom in because I think I'll be able to see better on the footage. Yeah. Than I was able to see in person. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, yeah, I mean there, but there there were some insane, insanely good costumes. Um, and what well, it makes me wonder, like, are these people from Louisville? Or from, you know, within 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. within the a commute to Louisville, like, and they're just kind of hanging out with these awesome cosplay com- yeah. like costumes and we just have no idea? I know a couple of them are definitely from Louisville. Um, I saw, I was looking uh, in the Orcs webpage and, uh, well, actually, I guess I don't know that the guy is from Louisville, but he's at least somewhat close because he's in Orcs, but the guy that was, um, oh, the heck is that care name? Um, gosh, Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he's at least in the Orcs page. I saw, yeah. I saw. Well, I mean, that um, means he's probably close then, yeah, at so least, right? so he's pretty close. Um, and then, I mean, <clears> I'm sure that, I'm sure that the majority of them were probably Yeah, within reason, right? Close. I mean, some of the uh, professional cosplayers came from out of state from florida and um that's where the convention is originates right yep. is in mm-hmm. florida so um a lot of the vendors and i mean they kind of come from florida because they kind of recruited people to come with them it sounds like yeah which makes sense um but I, again just from the quality of the vendors from the quality of the talent that was there um the 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 amount of stuff they had going on they had a mm-hmm. the uh, FSCW or something that was like the cosplay wrestling league yeah. um which was kind of goofy but at the same time was kind of cool mm-hmm. um but they have stuff like that. i mean it was like there was something going on all the time oh yeah um, i mean um you know and some of the chatter that we kind of heard as we were walking out on sunday i mean i heard some vendors talking to each other and you know most of them seemed pretty surprised at how well they did that weekend and that's yeah. always a really good sign yeah um, well we don't have anything like that yeah like even like let's like think about local stores where you can go and buy that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are very few and far between. Cardinal might have some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to find some stuff at like Box Lunch or Hot Topic, but like it's not going to be the same quality. Right. It's not a, an artist's original like prints. It's nothing like that. I mean, nobody. I, I, well, I don't want to say nobody in Louisville, but I haven't seen anybody in Louisville that has um, amazing fantasy fifteen spider. Somebody there had that. Well, yeah, which um, is a comic book for those who don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, there was. I mean, there were quite a few really big uh, comic books that I saw that I was impressed with. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, it's just like I said. All in all, I, I the food could be better. That was the only thing. I was, but that's not the convention's yeah. fault. That's mm-hmm. the convention center's fault. Right. Um, and it wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't good. Well, to me, I guess, well, it's not going to a huge thing about the food, but there just yeah. wasn't enough variety. Like, yeah. you had these, like, shitty little hamburgers that were, like, worse than McDonald's hamburgers. Mm-hmm. You had these, like, euros that were okay, I guess. They just didn't have enough meat on That's them. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. then and you had these, like, pulled pork sandwiches and, and pulled chicken that were just drowned in, like, barb like. Cheap. I don't know why people do that. Like, can't you just wait... And put the barbecue sauce on after. On after. That's after. the way. I, like, if you go to a nice barbecue restaurant, that's how their pictures were. Like, if you walked up to the thing, like I know the that's why I got it the first time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, because when I saw your sandwich, I was like, oh, yeah. And I mean, I went back, and it was like the most substantial sandwich that they had. So I got that twice. I was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great because I don't like them. But whatever. I mean, that was honestly probably the worst thing that I'd have to say about the entire experience. Yeah. Um, the 501st came out in really big numbers. Uh, they had some, their freaking display is amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Had the atst and had two speeder bikes in, in front of the radar. It's the, the shield, radar the shield generated bunker. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it all looked great. The speeder bikes light, you know, have lights and sounds and all that kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. They had working mouse droids and working R2-D2s and, and astromech droids and, um, and then not too far from there that we had a, uh, I guess it's a scale replica of Iron Giant. Yeah. 
I don't know how you would scale that necessarily, but it was anyways very large. It was head big in his enough hand. that I believe <laughs> that it was, like it was it's scale, a one to one yeah. scale. Yeah, so I mean, it was cool. You had his head in his hand that you could stand in and take pictures. Um, and that guy made that thing all by himself, which is like, nuts. I, I can't believe yeah, it. I, I mean, we're you know. Speaking of, I mean, making stuff all by yourself, that's the thing that impresses me the most about these conventions, because you have guys like that, or prop builders like the 501st, that are making that stuff, mm-hmm. right, from nothing. Um, literally, I think he said that the the concept for that ATST started somewhere on the back of a napkin. Yep. Which, to me, is like, what? Um, yeah. You know, I, I can build a model kit when there's instructions and the parts are deliberately made to be put together, but yeah. uh, just like, oh, yeah, we're going to build this from nothing is just mm-hmm. something else. Um, and, and then even the cosplayers, I mean... Um, every one of the, the professional cosplayers, I guess, well, I don't know that they're necessarily professionals, but the well-known cosplayers that had booths, every single one that we talked to all made their stuff. I mean, I would consider them professional. I mean, they were paid to be there, so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, f- f- I guess I, mean, I don't, I guess I don't know what you the... want to define professional, yeah. but I mean, they were paid to be there. I mean, that's that's enough for me. To yeah, call no, them a professional. you're right. I mean, you're right. I just, it. Is that a you know a professional cosplayer? It just sounds a little weird, but yeah, the, the professionals will say all of them made their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which for the lo- again the, it was, makes sense while the professionals all the stuff they had was just looked amazing. Yeah, it was all top notch. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't believe. I mean, some of this stuff looked like it was it was like made for a movie. You know, to be a yeah. part of a movie. You know. Yeah, um, and it just. Again, that even that's just so impressive to me when you have people making wigs and making sewing and, and making armor and all this kind of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, even a lot of the, the Orcs guys, I mean, they had a lot of really cool costumes and, and things, too, that were really well done. Yeah, I was absolutely. just super impressed by you know pretty much everything I saw. And then, I mean, obviously the people, you know, they weren't even related to either group, you know, just, yeah, the, just random the random people, people that showed up. I mean, I saw some pretty, some really amazing cosplays of people that were just literally just walking around, just hanging out. You know, they yeah. weren't a part of any group. They were just, they just showed up to to be a part of the convention and uh, and represent, you know, their skills or, um, you know, the skills of whoever made their costumes yeah. or, or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, even if, even if they weren't the original person that made that costume, I mean, they had to envision something, um, you know, that inspired them. So, I mean, I still, granted, I didn't make my costume. I'm kind yeah. of defending myself, but <laughs> no, I mean, there's, and we've talked about that before. I don't think there's anything wrong with either one. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I guess it, for, for people like you and I, to be honest, we, I'd probably rather spend the money um, mm-hmm. than spend the time that it would take me to learn um, and to make something to get it to that quality. Yeah. That I would want to wear. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the cost that that would, you know, just take to buy versus the, the, the cost of my time. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, really, I mean, you can do anything you want. Like Dialette came and, uh, you know, she came in a wasp costume. It was basically a Halloween costume. You know, it was like one of those stretchy, uh, it's probably not spandex, but you know, uh, polyester or something like that jumpsuit. And she looked awesome. I mean, you oh know, yeah, she, absolutely. She really pulled that it, off. It's more about, um, I think, just enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Like, if you're comfortable in your shoes, yeah, you're gonna I, look, you're gonna look good. Exactly. Um, and yeah, there was plenty of simple cosplays too that you know, and no one looked out of place or you know anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. It just felt like a really uh, kind of everyone was excited, which was like the crazy thing to me. You could just kind of feel um, the energy in there. Yeah. Um, it was not like some some convention, like the crappier conventions I've been to, the smaller things, even stuff like a Renaissance fair. Like sometimes you go and it's like people are just like, yeah, I guess I'm here. 
Yeah. Like, it's kind of dumb. There's just not enough stuff to do. Yeah, know? not even that. I mean, it's just like, the, the, there's just, the energy of the people is not the same. People are yeah. there because they want to take their kids, or they're there because there's nothing else to do, or or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, it was like, everybody was there because they wanted to be there for the same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times you got stopped while we were walking around to get pictures taken with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, how many pictures did you get of other people's cosplays? And yeah. I mean, everywhere you look, there was somebody taking a picture of somebody else. Yeah. Um, or some, you know, and, and, and the vendors, like you said, were all, at least to me, all seemed very busy. Um, I know Mason and Cardinal said they did very well that weekend. Um, the artists we talked to said that they did pretty well and mm-hmm. they would, you know, want to come back. Um, so I, to me, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just happy, um, that it turned out that way. Yeah. I was, I was really, um, I didn't know what to expect, but I was kind of prepared for the worst. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we've had a lot of failures in, in conventions in Louisville, and uh, I didn't want this to be another one. So, you know, I have, you know, I feel like I have a vested interest in this being a success because I want to see it again every year. I want, right. it to, I want it to grow. I want it to be too big for the convention center one day, and we need to have it in two hotels or, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right. Um, but... You know, everything that they were doing seemed to be right. Um, and I mean, you know, Supercon, I guess, has uh, is, a, is like a franchise. Like they have different places that they go to. I don't know how many other places. Well, at I least know. the one in Florida, right? Yeah. yeah and, and, and but which to me is is not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're 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 developing a recipe. Yeah. And it, I mean, it worked. Right. Well, why do franchise restaurants exist? Because yeah. once you get food that's, that tastes good to people, right, mm-hmm. we can just reproduce that everywhere and yeah. then and kind of expand your demographic. Um, so when you develop relationships with, with vendors, when you develop relationships with talent like actors and artists and, mm-hmm. and things like that, when you develop relationships with all these kind of things, um, it's easy to, I mean, I would say easier to kind of come in and say, hey, we're going to set up in this city. Do you guys want to come? Yeah. Right. I mean, just like if I were, you know, doing something and said, hey, Chris, do you, you want to come to Lexington and do this? Because we've built a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's much easier for you to be like, yeah, whatever, man. I'll support you. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the same deal, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing is, um, you know, and I've seen it at other conventions, there wasn't a single empty booth there. You know, they yeah. filled that place to the brim. Um, I mean, I haven't seen um, a hall that big, that full in Kentucky ever. <laughs> right. So I mean it's a, I mean that's a heck of a milestone. Um and I really I really look forward to seeing them again next year. Um I'm really interested to see what they can add. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. That's <clears throat> kind of what I wanted to pick your brain on since you've been to a few more uh conventions, especially more general conventions. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the thing is the only conventions I've been to are Star Wars. Yeah. So I kind of have a very narrow perspective on what a convention is and what it should right. look like, right? Um so what what are some of the things that you would want to see um, is improvement? I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I, I think that they hit most of the strides um, that I would be looking for in a convention. I mean, you had um, professionals that were brought in. You, you had a great vendors hall. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we already kind of talked about better food. I mean, that that could be something that would that would definitely improve it, especially if we had some local places. Um, you know, Louisville's yeah, definitely known yeah. for local food. So, you know, uh, I mean, I super chefs, right? I yeah. mean, shit, it's superhero. I mean, there are rec bar. I mean, yeah. there are kind of like nerd 
you know, themed local restaurants yeah. that would easily and happily integrate into something like Shit, that. I would have just loved some uh, some taco trucks parked out front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's one of those things where they just make so much money mm-hmm. on food that it's hard to say to let somebody else come in. I don't, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I under, I guess my point is it sucks, but I get it. Yeah. I can charge you $10 for a bag of Lay's potato chips, um, the cheapest hamburger bun I can find in this eighth pound frozen hamburger patty. <laughs> yeah. And and you're going to pay it because you don't have any option. Mm-hmm. And you're not there for the food. Right. So you're eating it as a consequence of I'm here and I don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. But I don't really care because I didn't come here because really, what you, I mean, really, what you're paying for in that extra food is not having to go somewhere else and wait in a line, right? And spend two hours eating. Instead, you can spend you know twenty minutes eating. Yeah, and not leave um, the con. The thing that was kind of frustrating is they didn't allow outside food, which I guess I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, and, and granted, like they wouldn't have stopped me if I had like a cool, like not a, maybe a regular cooler, but like a, my food cooler or something. I don't think they would have said anything. Yeah, they probably didn't know what wouldn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I. It's kind of frustrating, too. I don't know. I've always kind of like, just let me bring my own stuff. I mean, at some point, I'm going to spend money. Right. Um, But I I just hate feeling kind of taken advantage of when it's like, you're not going to give me any good option. Mm -hmm. Give me a good option, and and I'll happily spend a few extra dollars or or whatever. Right. You know, I'm not saying I'm not willing to pay you the premium for being here. I know it's expensive to own and run something like this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as like content goes, man, it's hard to say. I I wish, um, I think the communication could have been a little better. Um, from a, a perspective of when things are happening and where, yeah. um, I think things, especially like how things worked, like um, like how, if I wanted to go get a signature from somebody, how does that work? Mm-hmm. There were signs that said, no cameras by the celebrities. But like, does that mean I can't shoot, look shoot into the, like take video and photo of them from where I'm standing where I'm not in that area yeah does it you know like what does that mean what is it like there's just there wasn't any communication on that stuff do I have mm-hmm. to wait in line is there a certain place I have to go to start waiting in line well I mean part of it also could have been just the fact that we had the exhibition or exhibition passes so we didn't go through and we didn't get you know the pamphlets um, that they hand out to people with the map and where everything that's is true. what all the that, times that are but I still think it'd be good to have that posted yeah. somewhere Right. I mean, um, even if it's just a poster when you walk in or, or maps like kind of posted around the convention mm-hmm. center with the schedule on the back for the, yeah. you know, I mean, I, you know, because one of the things I really did appreciate was um, I think it was uh, Bendy Smalls had her schedule for every day that she was going to be at the booth yeah. and where she was going to be on her booth. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that to me is the perfect example of that, right? Like, I want to go see Benny Smalls, but I don't know. So you walk over there, she's not there. Well, I can look easily yep. and know, like, well, I need to come back at this time. Or if I want to go see, oh, she's doing this panel, I can go here and go. Like, mm-hmm. so that was very smart on her part. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate that. But I think the convention could do that, right? Yeah. Um, there's no reason that I have to, like, go out of my way to go find a pamphlet. Like, if we went on a pamphlet. If we were like up in the exhibition hall and wanted a pamphlet, where the hell do you get one? I go all, you know what I'm saying? Like, so to even if I d- didn't get a pamphlet and I decided that I want one, it's like a process. Yeah. I can't easily figure out what's going on where. I mean, mm-hmm. they could have even had, you know, screens hanging up with TVs that were playing, um, like the schedule or what was happening. Hey, we're even announcing on the intercom XYZ panel is starting in this time in this room. I mean, something to convey like what was going on because right. I feel like there were so many panels and so many things going on. Like if you looked at that schedule, man, it was packed. Yeah. I mean, one thing, I mean, 
I don't know of many conventions that do that, and I'm not saying that's not a good idea because I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, but what most conventions do is that they post all that stuff online months before any of it, you know, months before the convention. So what a lot of people will do, you know, a lot of like people that go to many cons is they're going to look at that thing like the day that the con goes up. I know, and they're and going to plan. start planning out all. That I know, stuff. And, and that's fine, but. I think that's the mistake is of trying to cater to people that go to conventions all the time. Yeah. That's not where your bread and butter is. I understand. You know, you, you, you're better off appealing and making it more accessible to people that don't go to conventions all that often. Um, and what I would just, you know, the, the last thing you want is to, to, for somebody that's never been to a convention before, they walk in, they just walk around the ex- exhibitor hall, they walk out, they say, that was kind of... You know, why did I spend all this money? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then later they find out, like, oh, this panel was going on, or oh, this person was there, and they mm-hmm. had no idea. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't really like was, and it, it's just the design of the convention center, but that some of the panels were all the way on the other side. Yeah. And I, it was a maze to get there. Yeah, no one was going to, like, incidentally walk past your panel. Yeah. I mean, we had a decent turnout for our panel, um, but I don't think that, like, I think you could have done better in a better mm-hmm. location. For yeah. one, we didn't even know where it was. Yeah. Like, so just think if somebody else was walking around at 2, 230 or 240 trying to find the room, yeah. they were down where all the other panels and big things were. They can't find that room. They just give up. Yeah. I mean, another thing that we should have done ourselves uh, for our panels was posted that on our on our uh, desk so that other people would know that walked by. Right. And as a reminder to just tell people, you yep, know, yep. Um, I so, think that we would have le- done a little bit better. At least, you know, maybe a couple more people would have showed up um, posting that. Plus people would know, Hey, you know, there, there's only one person there instead of like the whole crew that was kind of hanging out, you know, maybe they're yeah. over at this place. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about some of the things that, that we liked. Um, you know, what was, what was the best part of the convention for you? I mean, to me, it just goes back to the energy, man. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the, the number one thing. And we've talked about that on our episode when we talked about conventions in general, mm-hmm. is just being in that environment where everybody's there for the same thing. Everybody's having fun. Yeah. Like there's, I, I feel like there's literally not a shred of negativity in that entire place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was, it was very positive. Um, I mean, I, the, the looks on some of these kids faces, man, when they saw, you know, their superheroes, you, or, Darth, when they saw Darth Vader, <laughs> yeah, when they saw Darth, Darth, uh, Kylo Ren, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely got called Darth Vader more times than Kylo Ren, but that's that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, some of these kids, you know, some lady walked up to me, um, and I guess they'd been there for a while, and she was there with her kid, and she wanted to get a picture with me, and she was like, you know, you're the first person that I've taken a picture with since we've been here, and you know, she was just super excited about it, and I'm. You know, I mean, how often do you get to experience something like that? I mean, that was just, yeah. you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, and it made me feel proud to, to wear that costume because, you know, I mean, I've never cosplayed before, you know. Yeah. I mean, the la- the last time I wore my costume was Halloween, and that's it's socially acceptable to wear a costume. Right. Halloween. I've never worn a costume outside of Halloween yeah, uh, neither that I. I can I can ever well, think of. I mean, I've, I've, I've worn them to other dress-up parties yeah, or I mean, whatever. Something but never, where it's, yeah, something where it's... Yeah, so, you know, to, to wear that costume and for people to appreciate it, um, you know, it meant a lot to me. I mean, it made me want to 
to do it more. And it's not even the fact that they appreciate it, but like I got to be something else for a little while, even though I was a cameraman at the same time. But <laughs> it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. It's not, it's not easy taking pictures with that dang helmet on. But, I uh, bet. Well, you did but a, some you did of them came job, out pretty though, good, yeah. so I'm, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> had to, had to improvise a lot. Uh, I put a lot of my pictures. You'll see from the convention are. They're really tall, and it's because I couldn't see half of the screen because my eye was so my eye relief was so far back because of the helmet, and I was struggling to see into the viewfinder. So basically, my game plan was I locked the the focus to the very center of the camera, and I locked that on people's eyeballs, and that's where all the pictures come from. So you'll see a ton of pictures where there's like eight feet above somebody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I still think those pictures turned out good. Um, you know, the, that picture of Robert is, is oh, one yeah. of the examples where he's giving somebody a high five. I was Aaron. Yeah. I think he's giving Aaron. A high yeah. Five. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was really lucky to catch that picture. I mean, it was, you know, yeah, a we candid co- moment, right. Know, as we were just kind of we taking kinda a break. Back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the energy was a great part of the convention, uh, my favorite part of any convention is pretty much always the artists. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm an artist at heart. Um, I've well, always working on it. I've always been into art, you know, um, and to be able to see the things that these people create, man. I mean, you know, even if they're using other people's art as a basis, they're still creating from their nothing. own ideas. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty amazed with it. You know, um, you know, we had uh, one of the artists, uh, David uh, Wong, yep. was doing a piece for me. And, you know, uh, when we post uh, some of the interviews, excuse me, um, you're going to hear some of the interview with him. But he was drawing a picture of me as the Warmaster Horus from Warhammer 30K. And, uh, you know, we walked away for like an hour and came back. And without yeah, anything you- in front of him... yeah. Nothing. Like, not even... It wasn't even pulled up on his phone. Yeah. He's got this freaking picture of Horace. I mean, and it's a, it's exactly what I'm picturing in my head. And there's, you know, this little this little Asian face in, the, <laughs> <laughs> in that arbor. And I'm like, damn, man. Like, that's just... That's just amazing me. Because I could never do that. Like, even, if, you um, told, if you told me to just draw something random... Yeah. Like, I could draw a Goku. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I I used to draw some Dragon Ball Z stuff back in the day, but I was never very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and even um, like uh, Ren McKenzie, another artist that we spoke with, and you guys will hear the interview for. I mean, he did a piece that um, was his, and this I thought was a really cool piece of marketing for him, right? Is he drew himself mm-hmm. as a character yep. to let people know that he can do commissions for them. And if you want to make yourself into a superhero or whatever else, yeah, he can do that. And it's a picture of him, and he's got like half of a cyborg eye, and um, and he's got like Superman's cape and and Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield, yep. and he's basically beating all of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like that's how cool is that that you could put yourself in that? Yeah, you know, like oh, that's you know, I'm gonna make here's me now, right? I mean, that's I mean, it's pretty amazing. And then you had those artists that kind of do some of the you know the big head silly draw or yeah. paintings. And I mean, you know, I was we got some video of those and some pictures of those. And I mean, those things turned out turn out fantastic. I mean, the fact that somebody can just look at your face and make <laughs> a comic out of it, yeah, I mean, that just amazes me. You know, uh, I, I can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, I can draw something that I think kind of looks like you, but it's never gonna. It's not going to ever resemble you. And then, right. you know, you look at some of these other artists that just draw like 
draw a cartoon where you, you got this line drawing um, and then like a little bit of color and it looks just like the person. I just never understand how a couple of lines on a face makes somebody's face. It's easily recognizable. Yeah, trust me. It's beyond me, man. Beyond <laughs> me. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah. And I agree, the art's pretty cool. I, I like the smaller artists um, mm-hmm. a lot of times because I think, that, you know, a lot of these, their talent goes unrecognized yeah. sometimes. Um, you get, obviously, the guy that gets the break and he does draws for comics or mm-hmm. TV shows or whatever. Um, but then you've got so many guys out there that are making good art. Yeah. And you just don't, I mean, you'll have no idea who they are. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. their their work is honestly no less impressive than somebody that designed Deadpool. Right. right. I mean, well, especially the guy that pulled. You know, I mean, just there. just just an example, um, or some somebody that's you know well known or whatever. Um, some people. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the artists were cool. Um, I love all the little trinket shops too. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It's just so much stuff that you, you know, you, you and I both are kind of Amazon junkies, and I like I don't really shop anymore. It's like if I need something, I just go to Amazon and get yeah. it. Um, but it's very hard to find stuff like. You find things that you're specifically looking for. Mm. You never, never once, I don't think on yeah, Amazon. I don't browse Amazon. Well, even if you, I have tried, like it's hard. And yeah. you don't, you will, I guarantee you, you could walk around that convention center for 20 minutes and you would find more cool stuff than if you spent 10 hours on Amazon. Yeah. Trying to find it. I mean, how long did it take us to get through the vendor hall the first time we walked through there? Probably about two hours. Yeah. I would get, I mean, get just guessing. Yeah. Um, well, maybe less if we hadn't talked, stopped and talked. But I mean, and we didn't really stop and look at everything very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple. You know, when we were going back through, like a couple times, we were kind of zigging and zagging through, and I would see shops that I just didn't even remember seeing yeah. at all. So that's know. what I mean. There's just tons of stuff, tons of cool stuff that you just you never would see or know to shop for, and um, I think that's really cool. Um, I, I wish I could have spent more time kind of shopping. I didn't really want to spend a ton of money. That's the only other thing that sucks about any convention. It's not specific to this one. Is that everything is kind of marked up a little bit? Yeah. Um, which comes with the territory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you get it right there. You, yeah. I mean, you these know. guys are paying thousands of dollars for the booths. I get it. You know. Um, well, and they, like I said, it's stuff that would take you a legitimate, decent amount of time if you wanted to find that thing. Yeah. Or something like that thing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Like they had a little Totoro light. Yeah. It was like a little desk lamp, and he's it's a whole he's holding a leaf, and it's a light. And I'm like, I've never fucking seen that. Mm-hmm. I've looked for plenty of Totoro stuff online. Yep, never seen that one. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. where where would I even begin? To I mean, it's like uh, so you're paying for that, right? They're finding the cool stuff and bringing it to you. I mean, that, so that, that it's fair. It just sucks a little bit because it can. And the other thing is, you kind of have to sit on your hands a little bit because if you just go around and like if you just walk, oh, through you the, don't want to just go through there buying everything you like. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll be spending hundreds and thousands, maybe thousands of dollars, yeah. especially if you get into the art. Oh man. Um. So uh, yeah, but it's a cool environment. Um. And I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I think it's. I, I mean, I assume they're going to do next year. Yeah, I mean, everything indicates uh, that they're probably going to. I mean, um, I saw I saw something earlier that was saying that said um, that the guy that runs its wife was really happy with the way everything turned out. I mean, I didn't see anything on him, but I think it was the 
uh, one of the local news stations or something said yeah. that they were they kind of interviewed them and they uh, at least the wife seemed really happy about it. I don't know if they interviewed the owner. I can't remember either of their names, obviously, but uh, you know, I mean, that's that sounds good to me. Um, you know, a lot of the people seem to think that they, you know, a lot of the vendors and stuff like that seem to think that it'd be back here next year. At least they they felt it was successful enough that they wanted. And they've to got come the back. experience, right? Yeah. I mean, they're gonna know what. Yeah, worth. they know what a shitty con looks like, and right. Um, if they're making enough money, if if the vendors are making enough money, I don't know how the convention, the convention didn't, didn't yeah. make enough money. Um, so, you know, some people were saying that they hope that they at least break even. Um, you know, I sure I sure hope so that they at least got to that point because um, I think next year with more understanding of what SuperCon is and more time for everybody I mean, in Louisville to talk about SuperCon. Yeah, I mean, shit, we're, I mean, just even... Um, in talking about putting out content, I mean, we're, I have like 300 gigabytes of video. Yeah. Like, and I, we won't, obviously you're not going to see all of that, but that means we have a lot of content like to hopefully get people on the, on the hype train. Yeah. I posted 61 pictures yesterday in the group and on the pages and I took, uh, 1,655 pictures. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a whole lot more of that to come. I mean, obviously, it's only going to be a percentage of that because Some of there's always going to be bad pictures and, and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, and it's going to take me a while to process all of that, all of that film. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, same, so. right? I mean, it, you know, this is nothing that I. Yeah, I mean, we might, especially with my new schedule, it's going to be maybe one or two videos a week at the yeah. most if I can find the time to do that. Even so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess my point is, if if we've got that much, I mean, I'm sure there's that many people that have, you know, maybe not, maybe just people with their cell phones, but still mm-hmm. enough to to spread the word, right? Yeah, that's what you need is, hey, here's evidence, right? Here comes, here's what you missed. Yep. And it and it always is better when it doesn't come from the source. So, mm-hmm. um, when SuperCon is posting about SuperCon, you're like, well, they're trying to advertise. Yeah, they're trying to get me to come, mm-hmm. right? So they're gonna show me the best shots or what? I mean, whatever. Yep. Um, or maybe they're using footage from one of their other cons or something. I mean, you never know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, when, when people like you and I are, are making this stuff, it's like, no, man, these people were there, and that's what it was like. Yeah. Um, and it's that much more convincing. And hopefully we can help kind of, you know, spread the word a little bit, and, and more people are willing to come out next time. Absolutely. I mean, if we could, you know, if we could get it to the point where it's sold out or something like that, and there was, you know, reason for them to, to make it even bigger, next, you know, the following yeah. year, I mean, I mean, that really excites me. Um, I want to see... A shit ton of people just dressed up as you know whatever, <laughs> just walking down the down Main Street and right. <laughs> and yeah, that was cool, and, man. You know, you, you could, know even that. That's one of the things. Even when I was um, in uh, Orlando for Celebration Five or in Indianapolis for Celebration Three, um, was just like the whole city. It, it, the convention gets to that size, like the city experiences it. Yeah, like you can't go somewhere. You could not have gone somewhere in Orlando that weekend. Mm-hmm. And not been around Star Wars fans. Yeah, like every restaurant, every bar, every everything was just full like Star Wars fans. Yeah, I was also really surprised at how many people were in cosplay. Yeah, um, I was one hundred percent. Like the surprised. percentage, the percentage of people was was much higher than I've seen at most conventions. Well, I think we're you know, and this is something we've kind of touched on before on the podcast is we're seeing this like change in um, the way nerd culture is viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are feeling more confident and, and comfortable, like, fuck it, I like this anime show, I'm going to dress up like this character. Yeah. Um, and, and cosplay in and of itself is obviously growing in popularity um, and things like that. So I, I think it's kind of goes without saying, right, is people mm-hmm. are just going to, hey, go and join in on the fun kind of thing. Yep. 
I mean, that's one of the reasons I said I was surprised. Like, where are all these people in Louisville that, that want to cosplay? Because I'm like, why aren't you coming out to, to rec bar on Saturdays, bro? Yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, we'll get there. Um, and I, it's it's reassuring to me that, that there's a plenty of audience that we're not reaching yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, you know, um, we can we can do, you know, that's the purpose of the group, honestly, is to have little mini conventions <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, throughout the year and have, you know, people getting together. And, and you don't have to have a, a super con to need or to want to put on a costume and come hang out. Yeah. I mean... Aaron's dressed up and, and went to rec bar or, or somewhere else mm-hmm. with us. And, and so have some other people. Um, so, you know, there's no reason we couldn't do that whenever. Um, but I, I think it's a great sign for the city in general. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully we see, you know, just pr- more progress on that front. But, I really want to see what the numbers were of people that attend. Um, I don't know if it'll be published or not, but most places usually do. Um, but you know, with it being the first time, maybe they won't just because, Maybe it didn't hit the numbers that they wanted. It well, I, I, I doubt that they would have published the numbers that they wanted. Um, at least, you know, I don't think so. I'm just saying if they weren't proud of the numbers, they might. But I think that, uh, I mean, I think that they're if they did what they wanted to do, that's more reason to post it, you know, or at least close to it. Um, because that's more encouraging if they're hitting if they're hitting those goals. And, I, you know, like you said, yeah, I don't think that they're going to post the num- their, what their goal was. But um, I would definitely post it if it got anywhere near it. Um, um, to the point where I was proud to say that this many people showed up. Um, right. Because, I mean, it just tells everybody else, like, damn, a lot of people decided to show up for this thing. Um, you know, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was really tiring. But, we, you know, not everybody is hopefully going to experience uh, being as tired as we were because we didn't really take breaks. Uh, you know, you also don't we have were, to carry around 15 pounds of yeah. camera equipment. Yeah. Right? You weren't carrying around camera equipment. Um, you know, it was, it was mentally exhausting because, you know, we're trying to do these interviews and think of things and be on the fly and try not to be too awkward <laughs> in front of the camera and in front of these, you know, <laughs> uh, artists and cosplayers and whatnot. So, um, you know, trying to be on top of our game, um, you know, and thinking of new ideas on how to better uh, bring this content to you guys. Um, you know, that's really important for us. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe how much time both of us spend on Amazon and B and H photo and, and, uh, YouTube looking for stuff to, to make the experience better for, for the people that are watching and listening to all this. So, you know, just like, uh, you know, we, we're here for you guys. I mean, it seems like Supercon was here for all of us too. I mean, they yeah. really, did an awesome job. Um, they really did what I was hoping Supercon would be. Uh, you know, I really hope that uh, next year we can have even more of the A-list celebrities. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's always obviously going to attract a lot more people. Um, I hope that they can get, you know, more individual things going on, more panels, uh, more like, you know, one thing that they, I don't really, I didn't really see. I know there was a couple panels like the orcs did where they were kind of like classes, but um, some cons will have specific classes. Like almost. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, here's how to, here's how to make chain mail. Like, I mean, that's just kind of a thing that, you know, people that are into cosplay or just might want to know any of that stuff might want to know how to make, um, 
you know, scale mail, how to, how to weave something, you know, you know, how to make something out of, uh, that, fo- you know, the, the foam, the form, foam flooring that people use. I don't know yeah. what it's called, but, uh, um, you know, I, I would really like to see some of those actual hands-on classes instead of it just being, you know, and, and granted, I didn't see, you know, every panel or whatever yeah, we, that was going on. We, so I don't know we that there weren't any, but I didn't see anything that would indicate that kind of hands-on learning experience. So right. that's something I would like, I would definitely like to see. So if, uh, you guys that are running the con, are listening please consider that and uh you know we'll try to help you guys find some people that are willing to teach that kind of stuff yeah absolutely um but yeah i mean uh, i guess we can kind of wrap up on that um so uh thanks to everybody that came out to little supercon and said hi we appreciate it um on another note i, I want to keep this you know relatively short this this week um hopefully i can I, I probably won't post the the interview um kind of audio until i release at least some of the video um I don't know. I just feel like that's a better way to do it. Uh, the video should be the way that you're going to want to watch the video anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fine to see uh, or to listen to us talk to an artist, but it's going to be better when you can see them. You can see their artwork. You can see what's going on. You know, it's just a better experience. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I will release the audio. I just think I'm going to wait. It's going to be on the back burner a little bit um, because I'd rather work on the video, frankly. But uh, we did want to talk about something else. It was kind of in recent news that we we were looking at at SuperCon, yeah, and it's just absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. So, <laughs> so apparently, um, and I, I didn't uh, pay attention to any of this when it was you know advertised originally. But there is a premium edition of Fallout seventy six that was advertised to come with a canvas bag and some kind of helmet. Like there's some a few th- little yeah. things that came. The with helmet's it. pretty awesome. The helmet's it's cool, a, it's right? A power power armor helmet. Yeah, so so you get a helmet, you get this bag, you get the game. I'm sure there's some extra content you get in the game. I don't know. I didn't look at the detail. But um, what ended up happening was uh, when they shipped the bags, people would you know get this edition. They'd open it up, and the bag that they thought was going to be this real nice, heavy duty canvas military, like like an old school like World War II looking rucksack type yeah. deal, um, and it turns out to be this like shitty nylon like thing um and that's that's okay that's not ideal right but then here's where it gets worse there was someone that that uh reached out um to, i think it's bethesda right yep so to bethesda and said hey um you know i got my my special edition um i just the, the bag that i got doesn't quite look like the one that i thought i was going to get mm-hmm. you know i thought it was going to be canvas uh, it said canvas in the advertisement it's this nylon it doesn't look nearly as nice um so what you know, did I get the wrong one? Like, can, can we do something to figure it out? Or what? I mean, I forget exactly what the wording is. I'm paraphrasing, but, um, and they came back and said, I mean, and I cannot make this up. They came back and said, yeah, we're sorry. We're not, you're not happy about it. Um, but we decided that the one that, that we like that, the canvas one was too expensive. So we didn't do it. <laughs> So, and I, so they used false advertising by actually you, if you claim that something is made of canvas when you're advertising it and people are making these pre-orders, it damn it, well better be canvas when it shows up. Like you yeah. can't just lie. That's like, that's like saying that this car is going to be made of carbon fiber and it comes out and it's made of steel. Yeah. It's like, what the, well, like, sorry, what guys, do you think? Carbon fiber was too expensive. Yeah, it was too damn expensive. So we gave you this steel 
which is just going to make your car garbage. Your your, right. your super gonna, sports car now is went heavy from as being fuck and it's going to rust. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I mean, um, and, and to me, like I said, I, I get that maybe things happen in the process. You had an issue with your vendor. Um, some things came up with logistics that you know maybe they. I, I don't know whatever happened. It, it came out to be more expensive than they thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, which for one doesn't make any sense because you're gonna before you got a prototype or somehow at least a drawing of a prototype or some yeah. kind of model of a prototype, which means that someone probably sent you a quote, mm-hmm. which mean and, and I can't imagine that they didn't like have some kind of idea of a financial investment on their end when they advertised that. Yeah, but they had to know. So I don't know what would have happened where it's like all of a sudden too expensive. Right. But so, regardless, something happened. Um, and at that point, like I don't know how your response is to just try and ship something and just like hope that no one catches on i mean that is just a slap in the face that's what i mean it's just shitty like and this is you know goes back to some of the things we've talked about about these gaming companies like ea and and the things that blizzard's now doing um with diablo and it's like Mm -hmm. they're these are just blatant cash grabs they blatantly do not give a shit about you as a consumer yeah they just don't yeah um they've got their hand out for money and more money and, and whatever that's fine I, I just like i said with the food i'm more than happy to spend money as long as i'm getting something quality in return absolutely i mean these companies are just getting to the point where they think they can't do any wrong and they think that people are not going to hold them to the standard that is expected of them i mean if you're paying 200 bucks or $250 or whatever it is for this limited edition set. I mean, you're putting some serious money into, into, those, into the video game. And I'm telling you, like, those little accessories that they're adding are not covering 160 or $190, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Right. You know, there's there's just no way. So they're, you know, they're, they're cheating these people. I mean, you know... I, I bet that most people that got that didn't really care about the canvas bag. They wanted the helmet. That's yep. that's the thing that they wanted out of. But still, like you want every if you're buying a premium product, which is when you're buying a, a two hundred or a two hundred and fifty dollar video game, you're expecting a premium product. Right. You expect it to show up at least close. Yeah, to what was advertised. Now you you see a lot of um, these these premium special edition sets where they'll say that they're going to come with some statue, and it's usually like a one tenth scale statue, and they they show you the picture of it, and uh, you know the statue is professionally painted, and the ones you end up getting looks more like an action figure. Um, that's kind of understandable just because those things are hand-painted. You know, they're not going to... It's not going to be the artist that came out with that. You can't yeah. put that in a machine and it come out looking just like well, the, the artist Well, the other part did. is a lot, of, a lot of places like that will also have a disclaimer that says the final product may not... Like, this is just a representation. Yeah. This is not an actual picture of the actual thing. Right. But my other thing about that is, is that that's still cheating people too. Oh, I, like no because you, you don't know what it's going to yeah, be you need to you guys need to be responsible for shipping something that is at least close to what you're telling people that they're getting i mean it's just yeah. it's ridiculous especially being a statue collector like it really yeah. grinds my gears well it, i mean it grinds my gears as a consumer yeah. i mean um what how would you feel you know you're looking at new cameras if if uh, you went and bought this new camera this weekend and got it home and uh you know, it, it doesn't shoot in 4K video. Yeah. And you reach out to Canon and say, hey, thought uh, this thing on the box says it shoots in 4K. And they're like, yeah, 
we couldn't really get that to work. Uh, it was going to be a lot more R and D money, so we just didn't put it on there. Right. Like, like you, that that would never fly. Yeah. Right. So so why is that fly for a video game company? Why can a video game company make these promises of we're going to make this game that does this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and we're not going to have DLC, and then come to it, they release a game that's basically still in beta. It's buggy as hell. Yep. And then oh by the way. Uh, if you want the full game, you're going to have to wait two months for us to actually finish it before we take all the, fix all mm-hmm. the bugs in it. And then once we're done with that, we're going to release a bunch of DLC because we didn't want to spend any more time in the development cycle to add that to the actual game. Right. I mean, it, it's hard because I never want to buy a game when it first comes out. But if the game is done right and it's not buggy, it's the best time to play because that's when the most people are playing that game. Yeah, especially you know? if it's an online game. Yeah. So, and, and, and let's not even go over the fact that this is one of the reasons I don't play MMOs regularly is because if I get into one, I want to get into one on the ground floor. Yeah. I'm not coming in a year and a half into it when mm-hmm. everybody that started on day one has got all this cool shit and is running around. They've got the game yeah. figured out. Yeah, you're never going to catch up to those people. Never. Z- you have zero chance. Like that's the thing, right? Is if they, if you, I don't care how much time you put in. If they've put, if already put in eight hundred hours, by the time you start playing, you will literally never make that difference up unless they just stop. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that you ha- you have that risk, but the risk of something being shitty when it comes out, and the fact that I'm, if I don't really play it when it right when it comes out, I don't really want to play it. Yeah. You know who I'll tell you, even though I mean we've kind of been dogging them, and and who knows what the next game that they come out with is going to look like, but Blizzard generally when they do their special edition sets, I've never been disappointed with what I got. Well, I mean, um, again, this is this is, and that's one of the reasons we, we had the conversation about Blizzard. Yeah, because I think we even said in there that historically they've been very good. Yeah, you know, the reason that they said that there was such a long distance between Diablo two and Diablo three was because they wanted to make sure it was good. Yeah. Um, you know, so I guess my that's what's worrying when they do this Diablo mm-hmm. Immortal stuff is like, okay, so we had one company that was willing to like stick to their guns and make sure they're putting out a quality product that they're proud of and yeah. they're not going to let that quality down. And now they're doing shit that's like cash grabby. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if they're going to do that, we're just kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the positive thing is indie games are are still on the rise. You know, these smaller developers um, are getting a foothold in the industry. Um, so we can, you know, there's the potential that we will start seeing smaller um, companies starting to rise up and take some of this market share hope, that these man. Goliaths have. I just, um, go ahead. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, those people... Um, you know, the people in the Indian market, they do it because they love it. And it's not always going to be like, they're not always going to love it. There's going to be a point where they start becoming these other people. But it's a cycle. Um, you know, those people grow and they become these developers. And for at least for a while, they have these, these good intentions and they, they add to the community. They add to gaming. Um, so I think that that's really going to become the next frontier. I think that people are going to start putting more money towards those games. I don't. And I'll tell you why, but go ahead. Well, I mean, the reason that I think that they are is because those games are bringing back some things that that we've lost in gaming. Like which game? Um what's what's the name of that game? Um uh Shovel Knight? 
is a, is an extremely popular one. Um, I, I haven't played a lot of indie games, but I know a lot of people that absolutely love these indie games. Yeah, um, I know, and that, that's great. There are people that like it, right? Um, just like there are people that like indie films and indie music. Um, the problem is, I don't want to play Shovel Knight, right? I want to play a good Star Wars game. Guess who isn't getting the licensing to a Star Wars, an indie game studio that's making good games? Guess who isn't getting the license to... Right, to, but what I'm so, saying is eventually that indie game studio becomes the next Activision. I, but become, then we go into the same cycle, and, and I mean, you're assuming that maybe we get a couple years where they're not pieces of crap. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I was saying. I mean, that's basically I just, where I'm getting. I don't at. think we should settle for that. So, I mean, I think the bottom line is that we as consumers need to stop playing into it. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree with you, and that's why I'm saying support indie game companies. Blizzard was once an indie game company. They made yeah. um, rock and roll racing. They made um, Viking Quest, I think is the name I, of the game. Yeah, they were all indie. I mean, at some point, Valve was an indie game developer, too, right? Like, right. So they, they all were, um, and they grew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now they have so much capital, and really the other problem is these indie game studios just don't have the funding. So, or, or the resources to build a game that is expansive and complex. Like, you're not going to build Ever Scrolls in an indie game company. It would take 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you you're not going to make, you're not, MMOs are dying anyway. So, I mean, well, we'll I'm just not go saying, ahead. I'm not, I mean, I don't mean Elder Scrolls Online. I'm even saying like Morrowind. I mean, you don't build a game oh, I like, thought, well, you, uh, I, I'm just saying you don't build something like those kind you of. You said Ever Scrolls. I thought you were like saying like. Not Ever Scrolls Online, <laughs> no. So, I'm just saying you're not, I'm just talking about that franchise. Well, you said, you said Ever Scrolls. Scrolls. I thought is you were it, talking about it, like EverQuest oh, combining no. it. So, yeah. I thought you were like I, trying I to just, be funny. No, I just misspoke. This is how worn out I am. But. So yeah, like that you're not gonna like recreate or like Grand Theft Auto or I mean you know what I'm saying you're not gonna make games like that in an indie game studio. I mean you have some stuff like PUBG right mm-hmm. that is for more or less an indie game studio, but that game is a piece of garbage in a lot of ways. Like it's good, it's it's fun, it has its benefits, but it doesn't run well. Like it's it's buggy as hell. Yeah, because these guys don't have. I mean you're trying to like the size of Blizzard is insane. Mm-hmm. Compared to, you've got like maybe 50 guys and then hundreds of people. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but again, you know, they all started at that point and we have more indie developers than we've ever had. So the chances of more of them rising up and becoming successful, especially with stuff like Kickstarter and whatnot, which funded Shovel Knight. I mean, Shovel Knight is a, I mean, it, granted, it is a side scroller, um, you know, game and there's not a ton to it but there is a lot to that game and they keep adding to that game as time goes on so you're it's a side scroller yeah or not a, is that what i meant no it's a, like a, a platformer is what i meant to say okay. platformer um you know it's kind of it's kind of like a you know like a mario or yeah. metroid kind of that kind of side scrolling thing um but they're they're putting a lot of time and money into into games like that and that was probably one of the most successful kickstarters ever um you know so there there is a chance that we can get some of that stuff i i 100% agree with you that yes we need to put our foot down and we need to tell these people that we're not happy with what they're giving us, but I'm just saying that there is some light Maybe. that that there know. are other people I think it that can help seen. make up for that. I mean, Daisy is another perfect example of a game that started out, got Kickstarter funding. I mean, it, it got early access funding, all this stuff. It was a smaller studio that grew a little bit because they got some money. They tried to they're trying to tackle this big project, right? 
and it still isn't done. Yeah. We're talking, I, I played that game five years ago. Mm-hmm. Still not done. Yeah. So that's my, pro- I think the problem is, you, you're right. These Some of these other studios did start out smaller, right? I mean, Blizzard didn't start in that big ass building with all those people. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. But the game they made back then was also way less complicated when they made rock right. and roll and, racing and that's what i'm saying is these other game these other companies are doing that same but, thing but they're you have these- shovel knight that's competing with world of warcraft yeah i uh, mean it's so got- so they're they're two completely different like levels of scale it's like it's like taking my go-kart to race a ferrari yeah but they're not competing with with world of Warcraft. well they have to right no why would they have to compete with world of warcraft i bet you that a lot of people that play world of warcraft bought that game you're missing my point it's not about direct competition it's about they're competing in general Shovel Knight is not directly competing with World of Warcraft. They're competing with companies that make games like that. I mean... Well, I mean, everybody's competing for our time, though. I mean, it's... Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm not playing a side-scroller platformer. I don't care how good it is. I'm not interested in it. But, I mean, there's millions of people that are, is what I'm saying. Well, and there are tens of millions that aren't. Or this or it wouldn't be an indie game studio right now. So, and, and and there would be companies like Blizzard and Activision and... Um, Valve making those games if they were going to sell that well and people wanted them. They don't. Why don't people, you know, why are those not the... Let me look up how many games, uh, how many copies of Shovel Knight have sold. Because, I mean, I think that you're really, like, looking at them... I had never heard of it until you said it. I've heard of every AAA game title release probably in the last year. That in and of itself kind of keys me on the fact that it can't be that grand of a thing. We can even hear your uh, key, key press. The month of release, it sold 180, which I know, I mean, that's not a AAA number, but I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it's impressive, but we're not, I mean, that's not even the same order of magnitude. It says by December 4th, 2014, sold over 300,000, or 300. So as of April of 2018, 2 million copies of Shovel Knight have been sold. I mean, that's, I mean, they're, not all games make it to 2 million. Even AAA games, not all of them make it to, to 2 million copies. I mean, how many, how many copies of, we'll say, Mario Odyssey? Which, when would that one come out? That just that recently came out. Well, that's not a fair comparison. How long yes, is Shovel Knight? Most of those games, most AAA games, sell in the first month. Well, I don't think it, I don't think you can say, well, we've sold two million copies in five years versus how long something sold in a month. But if you're comparing AAA to, so we're going to put them on the same scale. So this article came out last year. I, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know when when this game came out, but it's it's a Mario game. I mean, being comparing a Mario game to this game, I think is fair. Even even if we don't look at the scale, but Super Mario at on November second, two thousand seventeen, Super Mario Odyssey had sold two million copies. And but when did it come out? So I guess my point is, if that game, came, if Super Mario Odyssey came out a month before that, then Mario sold two million copies versus their hundred eighty thousand. We'll look at the top selling games of all time. I mean, that's going to be a list of the best selling video. I'm just going to get to where we get close to two. Okay, how far down are we going to? Oh, fuck, the list doesn't even go down that right, far. That's fair. I mean, but the list doesn't have that many titles see how many titles what 25 titles on here and we're still seven times greater than where you're shoveling it yeah but we're talking about an indie developer that put nowhere near the kind of money i'm not saying it's not good chris i'm just saying they're not even competing i think two two million copies is competing i mean in how many years i don't think that that matters we're talking if we're talking about the best-selling game how does it not if i'm selling something i will always sell more over time even if it's one one a day one a month because you're trying to come directly compare a AAA company. I know because that has hundreds they're, they're of they're directly in competition, tens of thousands of employees to a company 
Yes, but I I'm am, saying because that, that they're com- they're competing. Look, if me and you want to go open up a burger restaurant, we're competing with McDonald's. Right, but if I make more money per burger that I sell, and over the year that I sell more, if I sell 10, 10% of the burgers that McDonald's sells, but I make 10 times the money on each burger that I sell. Well, I don't think that's, I mean, you think, so you're thinking Shovel Knight's making 10 times the amount? How much is Shovel Knight? I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, not, I'm not giving bucks. you that exact number. I mean, I know my point is though, you're, you, they are directly competing, whether you want to admit it or not. If I a, didn't say they weren't if, directly if competing. Yeah, but, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You're saying you're comparing it. They're not competing. I mean, you said that. If it's, if, I'm, it's not, is the game on Steam? Is competing against every other game on Steam. I mean, I think that you're looking way too hard into this. I'm just saying you're the one looking way too hard into it. How am I looking too hard? Because you're the into one it? looking up stats. I mean, the bottom line is they You're sold... trying to tell me that it's not a super successful game I didn't in two say, million. I've, I've said it's successful and I said it's impressive for what they've done, for what they have, maybe. But to put it on the same scale as any triple A title is just two million is on the scale of triple of A title. Two million in, Look, you're, you you keep saying like, okay, let's see how much let's see how much uh, just Call of Duty the last Call of Duties have sold for. I mean, how many copies? Well, how many copies of has the Call of Duty that came out when Shovel Knight came out? That's the accurate comparison. And and you also have to think if Call of Duty is coming out with a new game every year, of course they're not going to sell as many as a, of their games that is Shovel Knight when they're not releasing Shovel Knight Two and Shovel Knight Three and Shovel Knight Four because but they I, will. But that's fine. But and what you'll see is when they release Shovel Knight Two, Shovel Knight One sales will drop off pretty steep. And that's what I mean. That's why it's not apples and apples. But my 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 point is, an indie title does not have to directly compete because they have their own market share, and they are taking away from the big people's market share. Triple A titles are not taking away from indie sales, but indie sales are taking away from triple A sales. The I mean, bigger maybe. indie, the indie market you think is going to continue playing Shovel to Knight grow. Instead of Fallout, you think someone was like, "Well, I'm not going to buy Fallout. I'm going to buy Shovel Knight." They might. I bet more on the other side of that argument. There are probably more people like, "Yeah, Shovel Knight looks cool." but new fallout's coming out next week i mean that's fine but it just my my point is is that they are going to take more of the market share as time goes on and that i mean that's just going across all pretty much all genres of anything like indie stuff is coming back and it's make it's taking a bigger market share of just about everything i mean craft breweries are taking a huge chunk. because they're making a bottle of beer they're not building a, a complex computer program that is different I, I you want to make some beer we can make some beer it'll take about a week we can make our craft brewery not gonna be crazy hard all right i mean, I mean so, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this that's fine because- well here here's what we'll just we'll just wait we'll, we'll update everybody every week and we'll wait for shovel knight to make a game like or the developers of that game to make something like grand theft auto or world of warcraft or diablo or Call of Duty, or anything even remotely, technically as complex as that. Well, let's speaking of, we'll see how many copies of Diablo Three have sold. But I mean, if you think they're going to take the market share and, and and eventually make complex games, and we'll just start our stopwatches and see how long it takes them to make a game that's is, I mean, hell, as complex as something that you know a, a AAA title. Because we're talking a side scroller. I understand that, but okay, you I play mean, side scrollers on your phone. Yeah, exactly. So Shovel Knight could one day be on my phone. And I and more people can enjoy that game. I don't want to play. That's the thing is I'm not impressed by a game a size growing. That's why I don't want to play Diablo Immortal. But there. But my point is is that there is a huge number of people that are people still play Mario. Okay, people still want side scrolling Mario's. People still want side scrolling. Maybe Metroids. they want them, but but no one's writing home about when that, those things come out. 
I mean, the new the newest Super Mario people were writing home about. The Super Mario World that came out, which is a side-scrolling game, was an it's amazing a selling game. No, it's a side. It's just like Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo, except for it's way upgraded. Mario Odyssey is what you're thinking of. Yeah, like, like Mario the 64. Super, yeah. yeah. No? I mean, that, gen- that genre is still very big. Yeah, okay. I mean, sure. Like I said, I but I, I that's not I don't think that's the the flagship of the video game market. It's not. And, so, ne- so and neither was neither was uh uh rock and roll racing. That wasn't even a good game. Like it was an okay but, game. But but the video out. game market back then was different. They weren't making rock and roll racing when other people were making Diablo. Does that make sense? That's what I'm saying is I get what you're saying where oh we can have these small companies that do good and then they make bigger games, which sure, maybe over time but but you're you're using as a as a case study like these companies like the like like Blizzard and Valve and all the, and Activision and all these other companies that started making mediocre games back when the bar was way lower. And to be frank, the market it was much easier to gain market cap back then than it is now because the market was growing much more rapidly. I mean, rock and roll racing only came out three, four, the first Diablo. I mean, I'm I'm just saying it's. The the fact that they can grow is there. The fact that that indie games are taking more of a market share is there. You know, people are not buying. You know, the three or triple uh, A games are not continuously breaking records anymore. No, that's that's exactly the but reason. But AAA, but but indie games are. They are constantly. Yeah, they're they're selling their- two million copies. Congratulations. So that's my point. Like. They're, like AAA games are not breaking barriers anymore because the market is plateauing in general. So yeah, maybe you have some indie game that takes some market share, but the market isn't expanding at the rate that it was before, which is why you're not seeing the biggest titles make the same record because the the market in general isn't growing at that rate. So of course the titles at the top are not going to grow that much. If everybody buys, let's say everybody that buys a video game buys the Diablo 4, right? Well, if... If the market doesn't grow at all, the next time I release a Diablo game, I'm not going to sell any more copies because everybody that bought, if the same number of people buy a video game, even if it's every single person that buys one, I'm not going to set a record because I sold it to everybody and everybody didn't get any, you didn't get any bigger or lower. Does that make sense? So, but video games are continuing to expand across the world. I mean, uh, they're expanding on your phone, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, but people's access to video games and stuff like that is growing. I mean, they're putting, they're putting more markets all over the, all over the world to, to think that Sony is not trying to market, to Africa, like some of these countries that, well, sure, that don't they, have, and they're and they're getting market share there. Yeah, but the, but the major markets are already captured. Even if people in Africa start buying Playstations, like it's not going to change the the landscape of the video game market significantly compared to China and in Europe and the America. It's just not. Yeah, but I mean that's the other thing is China is a player in what we're talking about right now, and they're not very big on video games yet. But the more that that market grows in China, the bigger that the video game industry is going to get. And guess what games they're going to buy first? Not Shovel Knight. They'll be buying Call of Duty, and they'll be buying World of Warcraft, and they'll be buying The Elder Scrolls and that kind of stuff. Maybe. Not maybe. I mean, it's a, without a doubt, man. You think they bought... Uh, if, if I mean, they, you, if they, you can you say that, or they can have their own indie developers that are making games. I mean, China's the kind of country that they want their people making the well, stuff. They don't want... They only allow 12 American movies in their country a year. You think that they're going to allow... You know, more than twelve video games into their country in a year. No, I mean, you're. I mean, I was just going on the assumption that the market's growing because of China. In which case, in that situation, it's just not. I mean, they're they're getting they're becoming a richer country every day. 
Um, and the, and it doesn't matter if they can't buy the, the products that the market is generating. So, I mean, they can have as much money and they can, I mean, if, I mean, maybe there's some Chinese developer that grows and makes something great. I don't know. But I mean, based on the Chinese company that Blizzard subcontracted to make their mobile game, they're not doing a very good job either. So I, I don't know. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm, we can hope and wish that maybe some third party developer Jesus comes along and saves the video game industry. But the, the grim reality of the fact is the major the vast majority of the market share is held by a very small group of people. And, and that group of people has the resources and the license and, and the resources, not only in the manpower to make the technical complexity that we require in this kind of market, but also the license, the money to license the things that people want to play. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, to, to like, think what that if, what if we wanted to make, gonna a... make a difference is I, I think that it's just it, it's not logical to me to think that they're not they're not making an influence on what gaming is. I mean, when was before that Super Mario World that did just come out and Mario Maker that came out? Like, when was the last time that we had, you know, before that, when when did we start seeing side strollers and, and, and platformers start coming back? It was when these indie developers started making them. And now these companies are seeing that the indie developers know what they're doing and they're, and they're finding these niches that, that people need to have filled. Like, I don't, I only, the only games that I ever play anymore are those kinds of games because I don't I don't like first person shooters anymore because most of them are just not fun. I mean that's fair. I mean sure whatever, but um, I, I still don't think they're not going to reshape video game landscape. They're just not. Two million copies is not changing anything. So I mean, yeah, you, but that's the first game that they've ever made. And I and I'm Shovel Knight's the only example that I could just come up with off the top of my head. I mean, there's plenty of other indie indie companies that are out there. And there's company there's indie companies that could come together and make conglomerations to make better companies. I mean, I'm just saying that they are going to shape the landscape. They might not they might not get to the top of ever, okay? I will agree with you there. But to think that they're not chipping away at the bottom of the mountain and making significant changes, I, I think I'm just saying that's how long just, have, how long have we seen indie game companies around? I don't see the video game market drastically different in a, in a, certainly in a better capacity in the last five, six, seven years. It's only gotten worse. And indie game developers have been making quote unquote popular, well selling, good selling games that whole time. So I mean, yeah, maybe eventually they do enough damage to to change things. But I think uh, it's you're running on hopes and dreams to think that they're going to do the work. I mean, we as consumers have to do the work. Which, I, I, I mean, agree, I've agreed with you from the beginning know, that we have to. Do I know, that. and that's so. I, I just don't want to be like. I mean, sure, it'd be great if we wake up one day and some developer made some game that's awesome and it's going to change things, right? Right. But I think our better path to is to like. Stop buying the shit that these companies are making. And buy indie games. But I don't want to play the indie games. So that's the thing, is that's also the wrong answer. Don't just buy an indie game to buy an indie I'm game. I'm not saying to buy an indie game just to buy an indie game. But if you like an indie game, support that indie game. Well, sure. I mean, that goes without saying. Support anything that you like. But, I mean... I guess I don't. I guess I don't see people not supporting indie games because it's an indie game. Like, like I'm just saying, but you, but some, but you've never even heard of this game. So, me, you know, telling people that these indie games are out there that they might have never even heard of, and spreading that word and saying, "Hey, there are games out there that you might enjoy." There's Maybe. indie games that are out there that are like the old Super Nintendo um, uh, and PlayStation uh, Japanese RPGs that people are coming out with, and those are games that. That have done really well. I can't. I can't think of the name. Will was telling me just the other day about this game that was really successful. That um, was an indie game 
that is very similar to like the old um, Super Nintendo RPGs, um, and they you know it had like you know whatever their twist was on it. I mean, so they did they made something that existed in the eighties. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not it's not uh, it's not that game though. It's it's just like making a side scroller. I mean, I, and I'm just saying that's that's not like no one out there that wants to play the new God of War game is going to go play a side scroller. It's not going to look anywhere near as nearly as impressive the mechanics aren't going to be nearly as good i mean there are just things that just aren't going to exist at that level so i mean that, i i don't agree with you because of the and and i say that because of the sales of the super nintendo that uh the super nintendo mini that's the regular nostalgia, nintendo man mini. i mean that's what that okay. is i but, mean but that's what these indie games are bringing back they're bringing back that style of game, but they're adding new mechanics. They're adding new technology. They're adding new ways to play these games that we didn't have back then because of the technical, uh, the technical ability of the Super Nintendo. I mean, yeah, I just, I think it's you're kind of, it's kind of a, a, a you can't really look at the sales of these emulation boxes and and speak to the popularity of a side scroller. That's like. I mean, you know, I mean, something seeing like, why do I, I, I still defend Star Wars Episode One? Not because it's in an objective sense a good movie, but because I have nostalgia, I'll go watch that, I'll go buy it if I lose my copy. And I'm not buying it because it's an amazing movie. And I, and I think people should make more movies like it. I'm buying it and, and stuff because it's nostalgia. So, um, that's, but, but my point is, is that you're still supporting it. And so that's what my point is with the, the Super Nintendo and the regular Nintendo is people still support that platform and that style of game. But if we compared that support to the support of the PS4 or the Xbox or a, a, a modern PC, I mean, you're not even close. Again, I'm not saying that you have to be anywhere near that to to rise up. You can't be a triple A game or a triple A company out of nowhere. Like you have to start somewhere. And I'm just saying that there are plenty of people that are starting things that have the potential to be to be very successful. That's all that I'm saying here. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'm just saying I I, I don't think um, with the way the market is currently going that that is likely to happen in the near future. Okay. I mean that's that's it. I, I just people are people are still buying this stuff, right? People are still feeding into the thing that that is shooting them in the foot. So um, I'm just saying that there are alternatives like you don't have to just play AAA games and if if all you like are AAA games then that's fine I mean just play play those play the AAA games that you like but be more selective of the ones that you're going to pick don't buy them on pre-release don't buy them the first week that they come out unless unless you know that it's already a good game but if you if if you like some of these other things then feel free to spend that you know 20 bucks or or whatever it is or 30 bucks on an indie game and give it a try because maybe it's it's what you've been looking for and you're supporting a company that's on the ride yeah i mean sure um i guess i i mean yeah there's no there's nothing never obviously if, you, if you're interested in the game go play an indie game i just think uh it's you're gonna be hard pressed to see the, the video game landscape change in general um and that's evidenced by these companies continually doing stuff wrong and then companies like blizzard making the decisions they're making i um yeah sure like i said i'm i hope something good happens uh, if it's an indie developer that decides to, or that somehow um, blows the roof off with some crazy game and, and um, can change the landscape for the better, then good. But um, I just think it, th- there's too much market share tied up by too few people, um, and they kind of have the run of what they want to do. Um, similar, I mean, same reason Verizon and AT&T, AT&T can kind of do what they want because um, you don't really have a choice. Yeah, You can go get a cell phone provider from T-Mobile, but... 
they're not going to work as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Um, and I don't know what the solution is. Like you said, I mean, obviously don't, don't pre-order, don't buy in the first week or whatever. Um, it's hard to say. Um, and that's why I don't think it's going to change because there's no good solution. So we're just kind of stuck until we find the good solution. And maybe, like you said, maybe that's, that's an indie game studio. I don't know. But I mean, kind of, I mean, with your example using like PUBG, I mean, that's right now. I mean, isn't that one of the most popular games in the world right now? I mean, yeah. And, and that's, that's, but that's not necessarily a good thing because it's not in a state that it should be the most popular game. And that shows you how broken the rest of the industry is. Okay. What's the, what's the other one? Uh, Fortnite? Fortnite. Is that an, ind- who, who made Fortnite? That is a, I think it's EA. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look up, but I'm, it is certainly a big developer. It is not, uh, they basically took the PUBG hype and said, let's do it better. Um, Epic Games, sorry, which is definitely a big, super- yeah. But I mean, okay, so I knew it started with me. So this this indie game that's not doing that didn't come out with a perfect game the first time. Okay, we'll say that. But they've sold 10 million copies, which is pretty impressive. They have changed the video game landscape with Fortnite. They inspired a AAA company to make Fortnite, which is probably I mean, it's probably in the top 3 most successful games right now. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't talk about that hasn't talked about Fortnite or doesn't know what Fortnite is. Right. So I mean, and Fortnite is you know all, I mean people will say it's a better game. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, better game is not a not a better good way to a more polished game. Well, it certainly is. So they're cre- I mean they have changed the landscape of gaming. That that type of game never existed until this indie developer made it. So I'm just saying like. They are making changes that we can see. I just don't know enough examples. I don't play enough video games to be able to make up all these examples to to give you a really good understanding of where yeah, my I mean, mind is at. But I mean, I, I mean, I think that that's a really good example of some of an indie company making somewhat of a difference. I mean, they you know with with that success. I mean, you, you know, well, Call of Duty in, made a battle royale game. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean so, so yeah, they definitely that, did have an effect. Um, and I didn't even think about the fact that you know PUBG was a an indie game until I just kind of started yeah. looking up some indie games. So I mean, I thought that that was you know, no, that's triple, why I, I thought I, I was thinking that was a triple. No, game. I mentioned I that it that. started. I think I'm pretty sure it started in Kickstarter and um, yeah, and and they sold mo- they got most of their funding through like a pre-release. So yeah. they just put it up on Steam and Alpha, and you mm-hmm. could you know pay the thirty bucks or whatever and play it. Yeah. Um, which I was more than happy to do because I thought it was a good concept and I, I didn't want a finish. They weren't, they were not selling me a finished product. So mm-hmm. it, right. Tell me I'm not getting a canvas bag and I'm not going to be mad when I don't get a canvas bag. Right. Um, no, I hear you. And, I, but I mean, you gave, you gave an indie company a chance sure. and they developed something that you at least enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not just a side scroller. So I mean that. I mean that's just kind of that's all I'm saying is that there are it's, companies. I'm not that, saying it's not possible. Yeah. But again, I mean, so that, then they made one game. I mean, so you have Fortnite. Really, is the only the the big landscape shift. League of Legends. That was an indie company. That is. Well, that was. I mean, that's a Dota clone. Okay, but it's but it's still. I mean, it wasn't a. It's not a clone. It's the the concept is similar, but the mechanics of that game are so vastly different. Yeah, so it's real easy. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's the number one game on Twitch. Or I'm sorry, it might not be today. Probably but Fortnite, it, Fortnite but it's probably been, is now. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. So I mean, we'll say this time last year. I'm pretty sure it was the number game, number one game on Twitch. Like, and that I mean, that's an indie game. I mean that that game has made. I mean that game has made AAA money tenfold. I mean that game has made so much money that when they have 
these big tournaments, they're giving out millions of dollars to people. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, it's entirely possible. I just, you know, and we certainly see examples of indie companies like that making a difference. But I think in general, like the majority of them are not changing the landscape vastly. Yeah. Um, so and I, they, I mean, and they wouldn't. I mean, that's. I mean, that, being realistic. I mean, most most low end people are not going to make the difference. I mean, at, at that, a that's, company that's that you work I'm at, I mean, is, you know, one in a hundred people are going to be the next manager, you know right. what I'm saying? And then that guy is going to, you know, one in 10 of those people are going to be the next director. You know I mean? It's just, it's, it, I, I'm just saying it, it feels like that there's this natural cycle and hopefully these companies are able to, more of these companies are able to rise up and make this difference. And granted, I a hundred percent agree with you that eventually they become the bad guy. But as long as we foster this idea that indie companies can rise up and we do support them when they make a good product that I think that you will continue to have these companies that that can rise up and maybe maybe they're successful or maybe they just make one game and they never make another good game again but they're making these changes and these people that have these really good ideas for games or really good reimaginings of games they can develop things that that we can you know at least a chunk of people can enjoy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't no, want to say we all can enjoy cuz you're not going to enjoy you're not going to enjoy shovel knight but i love shovel um so yeah i mean it's just uh like i said i, I sure um it's entirely possible. Um, I just don't know how realistic it is. That that's all I'm saying is I think all signs point to um, things being kind of tied down by the AAA developers. Um, I mean, big. I mean, big money is always going to have that in right? I mean, I know, and that's what I'm. That's all I'm. That's really been my whole point is they control so much of the market that yeah, you might have one game here or there make a little bit of a difference, but at the end of the day. You know how how long in between League of Legends and PUBG or like you know what I'm saying the big indie games that made a difference and and in that median time when those indie games were not being an influence you just had the AAA companies doing what they wanted yeah I mean that's my point is it yeah they have some influence but the vast majority of the time you just have these companies pumping out crap um, for lack of a better word uh, you know or unpolished games or whatever you have it doing what they want making. Um, mobile games instead of a, a PC title or, or releasing uh, nylon bags instead of canvas bags, doing all mm-hmm. this, this just kind of crappy stuff in the meantime. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know somebody will make a League of Legends or a, a, a PUBG, and then they'll make a Fortnite, and then we'll call it a day. And and we might be in the <laughs> back in the dark for a couple of years until something else comes along. Um, so I don't know. I'm just I guess I'm just a little bit pessimistic. That's all. Yeah, I mean I, I mean. Uh, Simply because you know, I've seen the way the market's gone, I guess you know. I mean, I, I see what you're talking about, but I've, I mean, we've also seen successes in the market, and I guess that's just what I'm trying to point out is that it's not, it's not that all games and all com- game companies really suck. No, no. Um, and there, because there are companies that are rising up and making different. Um, and e- I mean, even some of the, even some of the big companies are coming out with you know decent stuff. Like, I mean, you know, you mentioned God of War four. I mean that was a highly successful yeah, yeah. game. And yeah, I'm it not came saying out... big big AAA companies can't make a good game, right? But I'm saying there are too many examples of where they just blatantly don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I guess what frustrates me is I'm fine if you tell me, hey, it's not going to release on time, or hey, it's got these problems. Like I said, PUBG, I was fine buying an, an, a copy that I knew was still in development right. because it sounded like a good game. But at least they were up front and saying, hey, we're still working on this, but if you want to play it in the meantime, here it is. You yeah. know, 
What I'm tired of is a, no, here's this great game. Get hyped. We're going to do all this marketing. We're going to do all these trailers. And then we're going to pump out a game that's not complete. It's not polished. And you need to buy all this DLC. For it. I mean, the, the one thing I'll say about that is it's like you have your AAA companies that consistently make good stuff. And then you have your companies like, I mean, Bethesda's always been bad about that. Like they've never come out with a polished game. And and that's really unfortunate. Um, you know, EA is pretty notorious yep. for coming out with unpolished games or or you know ways to make incremental money after you've already bought that game. And and they're I mean they're pretty notorious for that. Um, you know, but some of the other companies that I mean they're not doing. Bioware. They're not- I mean Bioware. Their the last Mass Effect game was a mess. Yeah, which is sad because Bioware has made some of my favorite video games of all time. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm, I wasn't really familiar with Bioware having a. I didn't know that the last one yeah, was very good. I Which mean, one was that? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda had okay. a ton of issues when it came out. Um, which yeah, sucks because the original trilogy are some of my favorite video games in existence. Yeah. Um, the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, but again, then the MMO like is mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to make one. And that's not an excuse. I'm just saying. It, yeah, the just, genre is tough at yeah. this point. If they could just make Star Wars Galaxies again, they'd do okay. Yeah. That game was just before its time. It was it was too open-ended when people wanted like a streamlined, kind of flashy process. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think there are companies that do it right, and that's why I think I'm so alarmed with Blizzard. Yeah, I mean, I right? agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm just as frustrated as you with Blizzard. Because I'm like, for, you know, now we got Bioware, now we got Blizzard. It's like, these are companies that I kind of trusted. Yeah. Especially now that, like, uh, we went to this con and, you know, we started watching some stuff on other conventions. Yeah, BlizzCon. And we saw BlizzCon. And I'm like, dude, I really want to go to BlizzCon. But I'm like... Do I want to pay him to go to BlizzCon? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, man, like, do I really want to give them more money? And I, I mean, I do. I love, I mean, I love Blizzard, but, and I want to go to BlizzCon, but I don't really want to buy any more games from them until we see some of this dust clear. I, I mean, I do want to go to BlizzCon. Like, maybe we can get press passes. And we don't have to pay for it. Yeah, we need we need to work on that. <laughs> don't Blizzard don't love yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're probably maybe we won't get, yeah, maybe yeah. we won't get it. But I mean, well, but maybe we will. I mean, maybe they'll see how passionate we are about it, and you know how much. I mean. I love that company, um, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe we can get get something going with that. But anyway, I, I think that we've talked about this subject yeah, long we, enough. We I think we've bored the shit out of no. anybody that's still listening. No, no. I, uh, hopefully, I mean, I think um, it was a good discussion. I think uh, the, I don't think it's boring because I think it's the truth. And I think we both had differing opinions. And I think it was, you know, we're both believed in those. So I th- hopefully it was entertaining to listen to but regardless i mean uh we beat that dead horse enough for tell, sure tell us what your opinion on on this subject is do you think yeah, that right. uh, <laughs> do you think any game companies will, will one day rise we'll take over the world are <laughs> we gonna have any game jesus save <laughs> save video gaming or do you think that uh big bad uh ea and everybody are just gonna rule video games forever yeah um, yeah i'd be interested to hear what you guys think um but yeah, uh, I guess that's really all we kind of wanted to talk about tonight. So um, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, thanks for coming out to Supercon. Uh, this Friday, th- later today, we will be at Rec Bar at 8 p.m. for our toy drive. Um, if you guys are listening to this, make sure you come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's one of the biggest toy drives in Kentucky. Um, we're, we're working with a lot of people. At Rec Bar is working with a lot of people, including ourselves, yep. uh, to blow this event up. There's going to be a live DJ. It's going to be a Christmas sweater party, so come out and uh, wear your nerdiest Christmas sweater. Um, I've got mine ready to go. Chris has got his ready to go. Um, 
You can bring an unwrapped toy or $5 to the door as a donation. Mm-hmm. Um, and any cash that it's brought will be buying more toys with that money. So it's not just going to Rec Bar's pocket or anything like that. Um, and we're donating to a lot of local charities and, and organizations that are really going to make a difference. And these toys are definitely not going to go sit in a warehouse or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's you know a really great cause and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys out there. Uh, we'll be back at Cardinal on Monday. Uh, playing some Commander. We played some this week and uh, had some fun. Um, and I think it, there was a little bit of low turnout, but I think everyone was just kind of pooped from the weekend, man. Yeah. Um, which is totally understandable. And their, their open sign was out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were so so pooped out that they forgot to turn their open sign on. But uh, we do appreciate your support, guys. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. We're working. I'm working, actually, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go try and work on some video. Um, hopefully, I can maybe get one done tonight uh, so you guys can watch some of the interviews that we did and see some more of the footage we took at Supercon. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that. Let uh, us know if you were at Supercon. Yeah. Uh, if you if you saw us there or even if you didn't see us there, let us know. I'd like to know how many people in the group or how many people listened to this were took part in it and yeah. uh, um, enjoyed it. You know, Tell us what, what you enjoyed about it, what you maybe you think could be better next yep. year because i'd love to give that that information back to the you know the, the convention the convention uh producers um and you know maybe you you know it can be twice the the convention it was you know next oh, year we're gonna blow it up we're gonna make sure it is yeah so, so uh come on come on out to uh to rec bar have fun with us let us know uh, you know, if you if you like any of these games, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know about your indie games. Um, but tell I me think, how much you love Shovel Knight. No, no, don't do that. Don't encourage him. And that's the last thing we need to do. But thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.